Ayurvedic medicine includes descriptions of over 500 sci- 5000 signs and symptoms of various diseases 700 herbs and 6000 formulations to treat them so dating back 5000 years it's also considered to be an ancient science of healing because it enhances longevity its influence can be found in many ancient traditional methods of healing including tibetan greek chinese medicine thus i would say it as the mother of healing hello and welcome to it's a journey podcast how are you healing today your host stephanie nadu welcomes guests from different parts of the globe with professional expertise in health and holistic wellness holistic means physical emotional social and spiritual well-being so what do all of our guests have in common it's their dedication to help us with our healing journey and personal development let's dive into this new episode with our special guest and explore the answers in order to continue our personal journey's exploration towards healing and self-love Dr. Dana Chiku is an experienced Ayurvedic consultant by profession and an Ayurvedic enthusiast by heart. She has been practicing Ayurveda for nearly 15 years. She has worked in multi-specialty hospitals and being a key person in launching various new Ayurvedic setups in Singapore. Dana is also a keynote speaker. She has spoken in various public events and at her workshops on treating health conditions through Ayurveda and breath work which she is particularly passionate about as a senior consultant she has helped thousands of people to lead a balanced and disease-free life her blog ayurveda and me is an informative and knowledge boosting blog which she says is the nectar from her years of expertise in this third episode I will be talking to Dana about Ayurveda. Our topic today is back to the basics. What is Ayurveda? Hello Dr. Dana, it's such a pleasure to have you here today to my podcast. It's a journey podcast. Um so today we're going to talk about Ayurveda. So welcome. Thank you thank you Stephanie so much for having me here and it's my pleasure to you know share uh Ayurveda on this platform. Thank you for the invitation. Great. Okay, let's get started. So I'm going to start with my first question for you. Um, what was your journey that led you where you are now as an Ayurvedic senior consultant? Uh, thank you, Stephanie, for this question. Um, I would say my journey, um, you know, began 20 years ago uh, when I joined as a student of Ayurveda, which is a five years long bachelor's course and post my graduation getting my bachelor's degree you know i have joined various hospitals in india uh, worked as an uh, senior consultant worked in integrative departments where um, you know modern medicine and ayurveda was working hand in hand treating patients in um, opd ipd even post operative management through ayurvedic treatments um, and in singapore i have been working as a senior consultant for the uh, past many years um and you know over the period of time i have grown into my experience treating maybe hundreds and thousands of patients here um yeah guiding them through lifestyle 
I think it has been a journey and I'm still growing, uh, you know, understanding um, environment humans is not easy, but I'm loving this journey so far. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Um, so Ayurveda is yoga's um, sister in terms of mind and body's relationship. But lots of people um, in the world are less familiar with Ayurveda. Uh, can you please explain what is Ayurveda and how it complements yoga? So Ayurveda, it literally is a combination of two words. Ayu means life. And Veda means science. So it literally means the science of life. It's not just a medicine. It's not uh, just a complementary system of uh, taking care or in a holistic way, but it's way beyond that. So, and this is the only science which, uh, you know, um, deals with body, mind, and spirit, because life is known as the union of body, mind, and spirit. The science of life is that which makes us understand about life. The subject matter of Ayurveda is not only physical, as I said, but physical body, but mind, body, and spirit. Ayurveda, um, you can say, is a lifestyle that provides guidelines on daily basis, seasonal basis, um, age-wise, um, um, based on the, the sex as well. Um, uh, we prescribe diet, behavior, and proper uses of our sense organs. So um, if we say, hence, uh, you know, um, Ayurveda describes health as a balanced and dynamic integration between environment, body, mind, and spirit. Hence, aims to keep body and mind healthy, for which yoga, play, yoga and meditation plays a very vital role. So it goes hand in hand uh, to uh, help with the calming of body, uh, of mind and spirit. Yoga plays a very, uh, you know, um, a sister role um, and complements Ayurveda very well. Even in my prescription, when I'm uh, advising um, certain kind of a diet or a lifestyle routine, yoga is one of the integral part of my uh, prescriptions. Oh, that's great. I love that. I love to hear that. Um, Thank you. So another thing that I love about um, Ayurveda is that it's um, personalized, personalized based on your dosha. Could you tell me a little bit more about each dosha? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, if we start talking about dosha, it will take, you know, hours to finish. But, you know, just to give a, uh, you know, a taste of what basically tridosha is, I will uh, definitely, uh, I'm happy to answer this. So tridosha basically means three doshas. Uh, we can compare it with three volatile body energies, um, which have the tendency to go out of balance if we don't maintain certain diet, lifestyle, or uh, you know, um, daily routine guidelines according to Ayurveda. So um, uh, that is why they are also called as three pollutants because of their tendency to easily get polluted if it is not kept under check. So these doshas are unique to each person, which determines their peculiar physical, emotional, and psychological setup. You can also say it is um, a kind of inherited and a predisposition of our genes, which decides our, uh, you know, uh, genetic makeup, um, also known as Prakriti uh, in Ayurveda. So it is also called as body type. Most of the people call it like that. Understanding of each person's Prakriti for deciding their personal diet, exercise patterns, supplements, um, medical herbs, um, cleansing and rebuilding therapies that is right for them are among chief methods that Ayurveda employs for the maintenance and restoration of the health and for which we have to understand, have a deep understanding of the body type of a person for which we do pulse reading, 
through pulse we get to understand you know what are the doshas um in balance what are the doshas in imbalance so um that is how we uh, cater to their uh, you know uh, prescription these are basically three types vata that is air if we say in the norm, you know the man term pitta is fire and kapha is water but each of these doshas are combination of two elements as per ayurveda there are five elements that is um akasha known as space or ether vayu that is air agni that is fire jala that is water uh, prithvi that is earth so all these five elements in certain permutations and combination combine to form a dosha for example um vata dosha um vata dosha is a combination of air and space so uh, because um, uh, earlier times to assess a person based on different elements was very complicated so our acharyas our scientists are with the scientists they came up with this idea of uh, segregating it into three basic elements so vata is a uh, uh, composition of air and space so vata corresponds to the movement of our body um um inside uh, any kind of movements like circulation um movement of food uh, from our mouth to our stomach elimination of waste products the movement of our muscles um um movement of blood through vessels all these kind of movements are controlled by vata psychologically uh movement of thoughts um you know uh, aggravation of thoughts in the imbalanced state is a vata um alarm that your vata is out of balance if this vata goes out of balance you will see physically you will see dryness of the skin brittle hair dryness in the eyes uh, irritability so these are the signs that person has a vata imbalance a balanced vata person you know if you want to walk through and understand you know who is vata who is pitta vata person will be very lean structured person very thin uh, will have thin hair uh, very fine uh, hair also so uh, uh, physically you can assess that okay this is a vata kind of a person coming to pitta pitta is a combination of again two elements which is air and fire so pitta corresponds to digestion uh, bio transformation of digested food uh and the factors are responsible for met, uh, metabolism so basically pitta um uh, contributes to our metabolic processes in the body so the seat of pitta is the digestive system okay there are many seats of pitta there are five different types of pitta which again is a another topic we can take uh, you know cater to uh, later but uh basic seat of pitta is the digestive system your stomach um whenever pitta goes high you will see burning sensation in the eyes burning sensation in the feet and the soles uh, and the hands you can find acid reflux so these are some imbalances of pitta uh, which you know um, can indicate you know you need to cater to the need of your pitta right now uh, our body temperature is maintained by pitta if it is not in the balance people have fever as well. so again this is a pitta imbalance kapha kapha uh, is a combination of water and earth so kapha corresponds to structure uh, and all of the oil uh, oily uh, factors of our body such as fat tissues lubricating fluids like synovial fluids in the joints which keeps uh, keeps our joints mobile and flexible the mucus secretion in the digestive system and the respiratory system 
then there is a normal mucus secretion uh, it ensures that the digestion of the food is well and if in case there is so uh, you have taken hot food it ensures that it doesn't damage your digestive system so this mucus coating is very protective uh, in nature but whenever there is uh, imbalance in kapha you can see people having uh, runny nose sudden sinus build up uh, sluggishness tiredness fatigue um, and kapha kind of people generally uh, psychologically uh, are easily prone to depression so uh, psychological imbalance of kapha is depression and um, uh, they lose interest in doing things so if you want to assess how what uh, kapha kind of a person looks like usually kapha kind of people are heavy built not that they have put on weight just now but they are heavy built since from the birth so since their childhood they are very loving charming and uh, you know um, bubbly people uh, but as i said you know when uh, it is in the imbalance they usually tend to go to depression i think i forgot to mention the pitta personality people pitta personality people uh, if you see they are uh, medium built are uh, very aggressive uh, go getters uh, have good leadership qualities but again when this pitta goes uh, is in imbalance they usually tend to have um, ego anger um, agitation and very much uh, you can say into superiority complex so these are the psychological physical balance and imbalance state of all the three doshas so i think uh, you know i try to uh, uh, you know make you understand in a, a very brief manner of how all these three doshas work yeah okay okay wonderful thank you um so um you have a very informative um <coughs> blog um which is called uh, ayurveda and me uh where you mm. share all about ayurveda and one of the first thing that i read on your on your blog um is that ayurveda is known as the mother of all healing can you tell me why yes sure um uh, i'm glad that you brought up ayurveda and me here because uh, that is uh, kind of my passion driven blog uh, where i love to share information about uh, ayurvedic um, um, science i am uh, diet lifestyle seasonal routines daily routines and uh, this is kind of a knowledge sharing blog and also uh, you know i'm going to build up more on it um uh, and yes of course i have written ayurveda you know as a mother of healing uh, uh, um if we see ayurveda dates back to the period of the indus valley civilization which is about uh, 3000 bc and has been passed down through generations of oral tradition like the other four knowledge uh, texts in ayurveda in ancient india there are four basic texts that is rigveda there are four vedas rigveda yajurveda samaveda and atharvaveda which were uh, composed between 12th to 7th century bc ayurvedic medicine includes descriptions of over 500 5000 signs and symptoms of various diseases 700 herbs and 6000 formulations to treat them so dating back 5000 years it's also considered to be an ancient science of healing because it enhances longevity its influence can be found in many ancient traditional methods of healing including tibetan greek chinese medicine thus i would say it as the mother of healing okay <laughs> um okay so you said earlier that you know you have um, clients coming to um to um 
to consult you. And um, mm. what is a common question of some, like a misconception that your clients have um, that you often hear, hear about uh, Ayurveda? Yeah, um, when I started my practice in Singapore uh, 10 years ago, people were not much aware of Ayurveda. And some people have, weren't even, you know, haven't even heard of this term Ayurveda. And it was, um, you know, uh, I, I thought it was my responsibility before they come, uh, you know, go ahead for the treatment or any kind of uh, prescription. It was my duty to make them first understand what Ayurveda is. So uh, giving them first a brief idea about Ayurveda gave them a confidence of, of what they are going to do and how we are going to treat them. So that has been, uh, you know, over the period of time, seeing that people are interested to know. Uh, but the thing is, you, somebody should, uh, you know, make them understand. Um, it, it kind of a build up on a passion. And most common questions when what comes across, you know, while I explain them what Ayurveda is, that why do they have to follow diet? Why don't you just give us a medicine, treat our doshas, balance us, and, you know, I, uh, we can just go ahead with our life. But uh, as I said earlier, Ayurveda is a holistic science. It's a science of life. And the life cannot be maintained only with the medicine. Medicines can act as a supporting pillar. Medicines can act as, um, you know, treating some chronic and critical ailments. Um, be it Ayurveda or any other science, uh, medicinal science, um, it is just a supporting system. But the thing which, uh, uh, you know, will help you in the longer term, uh, long run, is your lifestyle, is your diet. Because diet, food is the first uh, uh, medicine which you are giving yourself every day. So there's a very right thing in Ayurveda. If food is taken in the right manner, it acts as a medicine. And, uh, you know, uh, the vice versa. So I think food uh, is something which I really emphasize on um, before treating a person. Because if you're getting treated now with the medicine, it surely is going to rebound and come back after months if you're not following the diet. Mm -hmm. So medicine will help uh, to a certain extent. But the longer term, diet is a key element to maintain a health of a healthy person and get rid of the disease of a diseased person, which is the aim of Ayurveda as well. Mm, okay, so if I understand, Ayurveda is, is here to keep, keep us healthy, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, it, the aim of Ayurveda is not only to keep a healthy person healthy, um, keep a, you know, get rid of a disease, but also to ensure that the person who is healthy stays healthy forever. Mm, okay, good. Um, all right, so now I have um, a, a more personal question. Um, I'd like to know, um, what is your personal um, daily practice? Um, thank you, Stephanie, for this question. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, my belief is your day, uh, you know, your morning decides your day. And uh, one very important, uh, you know, uh, step in the uh, to have a perfect day is to start your day very well planned. And for me, I generally wake up between 5.34, 5.45 a.m. The reason being that is also called as Brahmi Murta in Ayurveda, where the atmospheric air is much cleaner because all the dust particles get settled down. There's not 
much of the noise pollution. So you have ample time for your, uh, you know, uh, mental practices to calm down your mind and channelize your energies. So this is called as Brahmi Murta and Ayurveda. I don't miss it at any cost, uh, you know, my morning practice. And one very important practice, which I, uh, you know, uh, forms a part of my morning routine is Surya Namaskar, which is also called as sun salutation. Sun salutation um, um, doesn't, is not only a physical workout. It works on a lot of your energies. It ensures that, you know, you are you are loaded with energy to start up your day uh, uh, with the, you know, after doing Surya Namaskar. I generally advocate and advise my clients to do it, especially along with the morning sun, when the sun is rising. At that time, if you do, your energies are completely different than when you do it at other time of the day. So morning is the best time to do sun, sun salutation. And after a good sweat out of uh, around 30 minutes, I uh, you know take my refreshing bath. And after my bath, I ensure that I do my 10 to 15 minutes of breath work. See, breathwork uh, plays a very important role in uh, calming, uh, you know, your body energies, especially your vata and your pitta uh, dosha. Um, I have seen tremendous uh, results in uh, my clients in Singapore, basically. If you see most of the population in Singapore are thin in structure. So that gives us an idea that they are mostly a vata predominant body type. And breathwork works wonderfully with them, even though, it is advised for all the three doshas, that is Vata, Pitta and Kapha, that Vata people are very active. They want to do multiple things at the same time. You know, they are uh, too much into activity that, you know, they lose the track of breathing on the, you know, at a, a required pace. And this helps to calm that energy down. So it brings that energy down so you can make the right decisions. You know, you can, you are not impulsive to make any decisions. You don't get agitated and angry very fast, you know, because nowadays we work in such an environment, there are n number of things we need to do at the same time. And at the same time, we should not lose the focus and we should not lose our cool. And this breath, these breath works actually help and ensures that oxygen has reached to the tiniest, uh, uh, you know, composition of your body and, and nourishes each and every cell of yours. So these breath works are something I do after taking, uh, you know, my uh, shower and all. And then I follow my spiritual practices. Uh, you know, everyone has their own beliefs, or own spiritual beliefs. It has nothing to do with a particular religion or anything. But any spiritual belief, I do that because that gives me a certain kind of confidence that there is someone, you know, um, if I'm doing right, you know, the things are going to go right all the, all the way. Yeah. Um, after doing my breath work and, you know, I'm calm enough, my mind is all set for the day. Um, I start with reading my literature, uh, which is Vedas in Ayurveda, because, uh, you know, as I said, it's a 5,000 year old science and you cannot complete in this lifetime because there's so much to know and understand in Ayurveda. And every day I, uh, whenever I read my text, there's something new I understand to brush up my skills, to, you know, brush up my knowledge on it. And then I keep myself aware of the modern um, researches on medicine uh, on medicine field because that gives me a comparative analysis of Ayurveda and how uh, you know modern uh, you know technologies and modern medicine is tackling the same situation. So uh, that is how I start my morning. But to have a good 
restful sleep and feeling energetic and being able to get up at 5.30 to 5.45 a.m. It is very uh, much important to have a great sleep. And to have a great sleep, there has to be an unwinding process through the day. There has to be certain procedures you should follow before you go to sleep. Because if you, uh, you know, some of my clients say, you know, I cannot fall asleep if I don't see my screen until I'm completely dozed off. Mm. You can sleep physically, but your mental activity will be, your uh, mind will be very alert. Your mind, if your mind is alert during your sleep, it will not uh, let other organs to detox. It will ensure that other organs are also working along with it because our brain is our CEO. It controls our sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. We And to keep all of those in sync during the sleep and in calm mode, we have to ensure the CEO is taking good rest. And for it, for this to take rest, you have to make sure that you are not engaging in any kind of activities which will, um, you know, make you more active physically and mentally. So before 30 minutes of, you know, going to sleep, shut down all the equipments, especially your screen time should completely be, you know, away from you and uh, have in half an hour to yourself. Ensure that this half an hour you dedicate to yourself. You can either do your meditation, meditative practices if you are, you know, have been practicing under some guidance. Don't do it by yourself, of course. Uh, do some meditative practices. Uh, do some um, um, calming breath works. Or if you don't know any of these, it's fine. Turn on some way, quiet music, calm music, which will ensure your senses are, you know, slowly, slowly unwinding with the process of the day, uh, the uh, knowledge and information you have gathered throughout the day. So you are just, uh, you know, away from all the information. That is when you will have a great good night's sleep. I have seen I have seen also people, you know, uh, they even sleep nine hours and more, but still they feel fatigued. The reason is the sleep is not right. So I would definitely, uh, you know, recommend everyone to have a good morning and the night routine to have an energetic day. No, thank that's you. wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, thank you so much for sharing um, all you know about Ayurveda. And thank you so much also for your passion, because I, we can totally feel it. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you um, today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me here. You know, uh, uh, connect with me, go on the blog, just see the information you want. You know, it's all there. Thank you, Stephanie. You can learn more about Dana on Facebook at Dr. Dana Tiku, on Instagram at drdana.ayurveda. To find out about Dana's blog, Ayurveda and Me, visit www.ayurvedaandme.com. All the links are listed below in the comment section on YouTube. Thank you to all our listeners and see you very soon for more on healing, self-love and your personal journey. Thank you for listening and for taking time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, share this episode with others on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest from Ujvati, follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Ujvati. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.